0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Big Papa, Daniel Henson. I am the host of Thoughts from Big Papa, the podcast, the weekly podcast, where I'm going to give you just a few thoughts that I've had rolling around inside my crazy, demented head. Uh, As I mentioned before, this podcast normally goes up on Saturday night, but had some things come up and I wasn't able to get it out. So we're just going to go ahead and jump into uh, this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, the title of this episode is Faith Participation Trophies. Um, that seems to be a big, big issue to uh, in today's time is everybody gets participation trophies. So, a participation trophy is, is something you get is a trophy that you get just for showing up. Um, I don't necessarily agree with them, but let me give you a little bit of a backstory. Uh, growing up, I loved playing baseball. Um, I was the type of kid that just growing up in the 90s, I was a fan of the Braves. My dad, on the other hand, was a Dodgers fan. So you can tell there you can see that where there might be a little bit of tension in our household during baseball season. Um I watched all of the major uh, major baseball movies that were out at the time, uh, Major League, uh, Major League 1 and 2 with um, uh, Charlie Sheen in it back in the day. Um, but there was one essential movie that I watched, and it was almost a required uh, – among my friends, it was required that you have known what this movie was and watched it 100 times. If you know what I'm talking about, bear with me. Um, I'm talking about The Sandlot. Uh, Me and my friends love watching that movie. Uh, We saw ourselves in some of the characters. And I guess it goes without saying that uh, being the size that I was at my young age, I saw myself as Portman the Catcher. Uh, it didn't help that I had red hair and had a bit of a smart mouth and a wise crack always hidden up my sleeve um, I never played uh, school ball I wasn't that good I always played what was known as Optimus League or just playing recreational league um, as I said we weren't uh, I, I wasn't a part of any school team Um in fact, the the league, these recreational leagues were the best way for guys who played baseball in school to stay in shape and have practice during the off seasons. So you can tell, you know, nobody really took it serious. Um, every season was a every season. You you typically ended up with the same guys that you played the previous season. With so it was a lot of fun. You You always made a good group of friends and some of those guys I still keep up with today. Um the last the last year that I can remember playing was uh typically these recreational uh leagues were sponsored by local businesses. They supplied all of your um uniforms and a place to play. Um one of the teams that we always played against every single year uh was the North Carolina State Highway Patrol. Uh, And to give you a little bit of insight, this was the New York Yankees of this recreational league. This was the team that everybody loved to be on, but nobody wanted to play against. This was the the team to beat every single year. And they always had the same guys – from the previous season and it was always said that they recruited and I put that in quotation marks uh, from the local middle school and even the elementary school for guys who had uh, talent. Uh, like I said, this was uh, the, a way for uh, players to stay in shape in the offseason. Um, it was very rare for uh, any team to lose uh or to win against the, the state troopers. They always had some powerhouse hitters. Uh, they could field and play the ball uh, like some of us only dreamed about. Um, it was like no matter how hard we tried, they always seemed to know where the ball was going to go and where it needed to go. Uh, I want to say one of the last seasons I played baseball, uh, this particular story comes from. Uh, we had done fairly well that season, and it was one of the, uh, like I said, it was one of the last seasons I played baseball. Uh, we had won the majority of our games. Uh, sorry, my notes uh, refreshed on me. Uh, like I said, we had done fairly well in that season, and we had won the majority of the games in our schedule and we had actually made it to the league playoffs. Now, whenever I say we made it to the, late, to the league playoffs, every team would make it to the playoffs, but depending on how many games you won, you know, you would depend on where you were seated. And like every, like every, uh, like every bracket, you would always have the the top teams competing against the lower teams, or at least that's how this worked. Uh, We were the second-seeded team uh, right below the State Troopers. Uh, Each of us had eliminated uh, everyone else in the single elimination bracket, and so it was going to be an honest one-versus-two matchup for us playing each other. Um, From what I can remember uh, of this game, it was very close. Um, My team was billed as the home team team. So we would be the we would have the final at bat usually, the away team gets the first at bat during the first inning, so the um home team will get the last at bat in the ninth inning. Uh, let me describe what the atmosphere was like whenever I was playing this game. uh, you would have thought that it was the major league baseball and it was the final game of the World Series um bottom of the ninth uh ninth inning two men on base uh with a chance uh to score a winning run and one of our uh it was one out and one of our best batters were uh was up to plate and I was on deck behind him um taking my practice swings as you know most you know as you would normally do uh, I was not worried at this point. Uh, the guy that was at the plate in front of me uh, led the led the league or led the team and the entire league in, for home runs in that single season. Um, our first game, he nailed a Hail Mary bomber right out of the park. I remember it actually hitting the American flag that was in the center, f- you know, behind the fence in center field. Um so we were we were all pretty sure he was going to do the same thing again and give our team the win and the championship. We we had seen him do this so many times during the season. Uh, he steps up to the plate and the first pitch comes down and he nails it. I mean, you we played with metal bats, so you heard this ping uh, loud as can be. Um. Pop fly to the right to the right field, and I think the I think it's game over because you know the is headed for the fence. Um, we got runner; the runners are frozen. They want to see what's going to happen before they move. And the right fielder jumps the fence and snatches it right out of the air, and he's called out on the play. Now you, now you know it's my turn up at bat. The entire game and season are riding on my shoulders. Uh, to give you some of the stats for the season, uh, for my stats, um, I led the league and team, team and league in strikeouts and walks. Um, I think I maybe had a handful of singles, uh, maybe a double here and there, but I rarely ever made made it all the way around the bases. Um. So you could you could imagine how how stressful this was for you know a, a ten or eleven year old. Um. Uh, to, so I step up to the plate and I take my stance. I uh, I took the most aggressive stance I could at the plate. Um. Baseball players, you know, you you gotta have that aggressive stance at the plate. You're you're trying to intimidate the pitcher. And I've been studying and watching uh, some of the powerhouse hitters of the time. Mainly, uh, I want to I want to imitate the stance of one of the one of the players that was my hero at the time, Mr. Mark McGuire. If you remember, he set the home run record. Uh, one year for the the most home runs hit in a single season. Um, So we fast forward a little bit, and I have what is known as a full count now. Uh, Three balls, two strikes against me, and it all came down to a single pitch. Um, But something is wrong in my mind. I'm still thinking about the player that was at bat before me. Why hadn't he just done what he had been doing all season? and the game would be over right now, and I wouldn't have all this pressure. Um, right then, I snap back to reality and see the pitcher going through his wind-up process. I, I can't remember the, the, the a signal from my third base coach, and the pitcher just throws a heater of a fastball right down the middle of the plate. Now, y'all, I wish I could say that I hadn't at least swung the bat at this pitch and went down with a fighting chance, but unfortunately that's not the case. I went down looking and hearing the sound of the ball hit the catcher's mitt and the sound of the other team's players and parents screaming that they had won the game. I mean, you you name it, it was – I mean, the, the coach rushed the field, the, the, play, the players in the dugout and the field – all came in, were jumping up and down around the around the pitcher and me. I was, I was just standing at home plate, like, wow, this this really happened. Um, I was devastated to say the least. Um, in the coming months, we would have our uh, end of season team party and trophy uh, awards. Uh, When they started passing out the trophies, and I they get to my name, and I get mine. To be honest with you, I didn't even want it, um, because another sport that I was really into at the time was NASCAR, and at the time um, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was still racing, and one of his popular one of his popular sayings was, if you're not first, you're last." or, excuse me, that was Ricky Bobby uh, from Talladega Nights. <laughs> um, second place is just the first place loser was one that he said um, all the time. So me, in having that competitive spirit, I didn't want the trophy for second place. Um, but I go up and I get the trophy, and I look at the, the, the little engraving plate that they have on it. And it says, Cape Fear Optimist Participant. Uh, It doesn't even say second place or runner-up. It just simply says participant. Um, I was like, okay, fine, cool, whatever. Uh, I had mixed emotions about it until a few years later when I was uh, cleaning out um, the bedroom um, my family was getting ready to move out of a out of a house that I grew up in into another house, and I was cleaning up all of my baseball trophies. And I looked down, and um, most of them—that's what most of them said—were participant were per- participation trophies. I hadn't won anything of worth my entire time playing baseball. That just. Sounds kind of depressing, if you ask me. Um. So, so he go, trying to segue into into you know another the other portion of this, the other segment of this is I would like to pose a question to everybody: How many of us think we are going to get particip- participation trophies for our faith or our Christian lives, just in general? Are we going to be getting anything at the end of this Christian walk that is worth anything? Or are we solely relying on the prayers and faith of other people that have come before us and the groups that we are so-called associated with? Um, Our parents, our grandparents, our churches, our friends, our family members. Uh, Sorry to say, y'all, but uh, that's that's always going to be a solid no. Uh, There's no such thing as a faith participation trophy. And we're all guilty of thinking like this in some way. Uh, We've all come to God with an attitude at some point in our lives when everything is spiraling out of control and we just want to grab God by the shirt and scream in his face. Why aren't you fixing this? Um. And I say everybody, and I mean it. Even the disciples were guilty of it. I, I would have to say that they would not actually have to put muscle to their hustle faith wise until after Jesus ascended into heaven on the Mount of Olives. Uh, they they th- thought honestly that they were going to be able to just be a part of his inner circle, and that would be enough to get them into you know life would be. You know, their life would be on easy street and, you know, they would just waltz right into heaven with nothing, you know, no, no hard work or anything like that. Um, but they would actually face some stiff up. Op- you know, they would have to flex their faith muscles in front of some pretty stiff opposition. Uh, from everybody they encountered, from people that claimed that they were a part of the same you know, church at the time to their own people who weren't even a part of the same church, uh, all the way out to the Roman Empire. Uh, they would be stoned. They would be crucified. They would be beat. They, you know, literally, they – if you could think of something that could be done to them back in the day, they had it, you know – they had it done to them, and you can do your own research when looking at that. So, I was actually listening to Pastor uh, Ron Bernard of the 828 Church here in Wilmington, and he gave me the best, what I think is the best example of, of when the disciples were thinking they were going to get their faith participation trophy. Um, and that was. Uh, He was preaching on when Jesus calmed the storm. According to the account of the story in the Gospel of Mark, one of the disciples came to Jesus with, once again, a stiff attitude by asking, do you even care that we're going to drown? Uh, Jesus was in the back of the boat, asleep, and the disciple comes to him and says, don't you even care that we're about to die? Jesus gets up, shuts shuts the storm down. And then looks at them and pretty much asks them, Where was your faith? Now, there's a huge difference that I think needs to be dis- made here. The disciples did have faith, but they had the wrong kind. The disciples had a faith that Jesus should have calmed the storm. This is very different than the faith that Jesus could and would calm the storm and save them. The type of faith that God or Jesus should do something is almost an arrogant command from us as as humans and as believers. I have on several occasions where I thought God should have corrected the situation in my life according to how I wanted it. And there's the problem, how I wanted it. Uh, This can be very dangerous, and this is how we remove ourselves from the grace and mercy that is afforded to us by God. But then you have, on the other hand, the type of faith that says God or Jesus could and would speak um, or could or would solve our problems. But we have faith that he's going to do it in his time and the way he wants it to be done. And this is the most purest form of faith, I think, uh, is that in, in, no matter the end result, there – uh, things are going to work out for good. Uh, like I mentioned uh, in last week's episode, Romans 8.28, I keep going back to that, is that everything works together for good to them that love God and that are called according to his purpose. Um, so, you know, to me saying, you know, God, you should do this is like, you know, the player that was at bat before me should have, you know, hit a home run so I wouldn't have to deal with it. I'm just participating here, folks, you know, in that in that mindset. If I had gone up and said, "You know what? I can and I will um do, you know, hit this ball and I will, you know, win the game for my For my team, you know, who knows what could have happened. You know, it's not for me to say, um, but if you simply want a participation trophy in the Christian walk, you are living a very hollow and shallow form of life uh, that's already been promised to you. And I hope that, you know, I'm not trying to beat anybody up whenever, you know, I'm saying this. I'm just issuing or, you know, giving you my thoughts, my opinions on um, stuff, and I hope that you know you this week you, you know take a look at it and, you know examine yourself. You know we're all going through a lot right now with uh, COVID nineteen and the coronavirus. You know hours being cut back at work, uh, places of business are being shut down. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their livelihoods. Small businesses are are shutting off. But just you know think about it. You know. I have the faith that God is going to take care of this and that he can and he will and God could and he would um, fix all these problems. But they're going to be done in his time and they're going to be done in his way. So my name is Daniel Henson, and this has been Thoughts from Big Papa. We'll see you guys next week.